Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We took a break from our series that we were on because of the holidays, because of Christmas and the new year. And uh, we're picking that series back up because we're not finished with that series. And in that series, we were talking about the core values of this house, of this family. It's important to know what, uh, what our values are. Amen? Amen. Amen? So Colossians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 9, reading from the New King James. It says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. You know, worthy has to do with the Lord is due special acknowledgement. Amen. He's due, uh, he's due recognition and he's due that recognition beyond just words, but with our lives. He's worthy of us showing with our lives that he is worthy. So we want to walk worthy of the Lord. And that pleases him. Amen. It pleases him when we bear fruit. And that's what we're talking about during the offering that we don't just want to coast this year. We want to ask the Lord, what can we do to bear more fruit, to grow? Because that's what growth is. When you see growth in somebody's life, you should see some fruit. You should see by the end of 2024 that you are further than you were at the beginning of this year. You should be able to look back and say, man, I've overcome this fear by the grace of God. The Lord enabled me to overcome this fear. I'm, I'm, in, I'm more patient this year than I was be the beginning of the year. I'm more kind. And you, sometimes you don't even recognize it at first. But gradually, you're not getting upset about the things that used to bother you, you know. You're not as angered, as impatient as you were before. And you may not realize it, but you're like, wow, that didn't even bug me. I'm not even offended at what they just said to me. And so you're growing. That's how you know, man, I'm growing. The Lord is growing me. He's maturing me. Amen. And that, that's what we want because he's worthy of that. He's worthy of us being, becoming more like him. Amen. Is he worthy for us to duplicate, to imitate? Yes. His life is worthy for us to duplicate. If I, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but you know what I mean. I mean, you look at his life and his life is worth imitating. The Bible talks about be imitators of Christ. Right. So he's our example. There's no other example. We want to imitate him, the things that he did uh, in this life. And there's others, too, that we can look to as Paul, those that are following after Christ's example. But we're saying that he's worthy of our lives. He's worthy of our lives. You know, that, that doesn't, we don't want that to be something that we just say and we sing, Lord, you're worthy. Uh, you know, there's a song, that, he's worthy of my finances, he's worthy of my family, he's worthy of my time. But we never demonstrate that. No, we want to demonstrate that. Amen. We want to demonstrate that he's worthy of those things, that he is worth our lives. You know, there's that song that says, 
um, I, I like this song a lot. It says, I surrender all, withholding nothing. You guys know what I'm talking about? Withholding nothing. I'm not going to sing it for you, but you know what I'm talking about. I surrender all to you. And then withholding nothing. You, that's great. I love that song, but that doesn't, we, we need to really think about what we're saying. We surrender all, withholding nothing. That means nothing in our lives is off limit to God. That means that there's nothing that we have in our lives, our time, any, any aspect of our lives that we say, God, you can't have that. You, you can't be involved in that aspect of my life. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I thought about this, but it's like, a, um, I don't know who said this, but there was a preacher that said if most people were honest when they got baptized, they held up their wallet like, no, oh, you can have all of me, but not this part, God. <laughs> You ain't having my finances. Well, then you saying he's not worthy of that. You really not surrendering all to him. Amen. But when we say I surrender all to the Lord, you know, like we were saying last week, you know, uh, about being seeing more in the spirit and putting the flesh down and would the Lord and the Holy Spirit direct you and lead you to stop watching that and to pray. And we say, yeah, you know, he, he would do that. And I think I brought up the Super Bowl or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot watch the Super Bowl. I don't want anybody to take that out of, you know, context. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying nothing is off limits, though. Right. We don't need to think that, hey, you know, let's say every week is Tuesday is movie night in your house. Well, don't think like, hey, God, sorry, you never can tell me to indirect me to do nothing else because Tuesday is movie night. We always watch movies on Tuesday night or we always go to the movies. No, you need to be sensitive to the Lord every day in, in, in any situation because he could ask you, hey, don't do this today. I need you to go spend some time with me. But you need to be open to that because nothing is off limits with God, right? And that's what we're talking about. We're saying nothing is off limits. There is no aspect of my life that I'm saying, Lord, I'm not going to yield to what the Holy Spirit wants. And, you know, in this area, uh, you know, if you're directing me to go do this, I'm sorry. This is my time of the day where I just binge watch Netflix. No, you can't. We're not doing that. We're saying nothing is off limits. Amen. Amen. So we want to identify today and go further something else that he is worthy of. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. No, he is, he is worthy of every aspect of our lives. Any relationship you get in, single people, make sure God is number one. Make sure, I, I didn't get enough amens. Make sure, young people, if you get involved in relationships... That God is number one in the relationship. Amen. 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 And that he is priority. If, they, if God is not priority to them, then, you sh then they're not priority to you. That means every aspect. If they're not seeking first the kingdom of God in their time, in their finances, in their service, you say, bye. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't get involved with you because God is not number one to you. And I'm trying to go all the way with God. And if you're trying to go all the way with God, then, hey, okay, we could talk. Yes. But if you're just trying to hold back and only do a little bit, well, sorry, you, you got to get some things straightened out first. 
Amen. Because he's, wor- he's going to be worthy of my life. <laughs> go to, I don't know why I said all that, but go to Romans. But you guys need to hear it. It's true. Amen. I wasn't planning on saying that. But Romans 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That's what we were talking about earlier. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Say that last part with me. The just shall live by faith. Well, that's what we're talking about today. The Lord is worth my faith. He's worth my faith. Who is to live by faith? The just. The just those justified. Those made righteous. Those made holy. Those that have accepted what Jesus did for us. Those who have accepted that Jesus took the guilty verdict in our place, those are those that are justified. We're the justified. We've been justified. Like one person said, just if I have never sinned, we are justified. We are justified. Amen. In the eyes of God, we're justified. He looks at us and he sees innocence like we never sinned. And we are the just. And the just, those who are born again now, are to live how? By faith. How did you get born again? You got born again by faith. You heard the salvation message and you heard that Jesus saved you. He paid the penalty of your sins. He's washed your sins away. And now he can be the Lord of your life. Well, and you can be with him forever in eternity. You didn't see anything. You didn't feel something. Maybe some people have had some experiences, but for the most part, you didn't see the Lord Jesus. No one, you know, saw the Lord Jesus appear on a cloud and said, yes, I saved you. Will you accept me? No, you received it by faith. Well, every single day we are to live by that same faith. Every area of our lives, we are to live by that faith. It's not just you get saved and that's it. I don't use my faith anymore in other areas. No, faith is how you make it throughout the day. Faith is how you make it throughout your life. It's faith every day. It's faith when you wake up, faith when you go to bed. It's faith. This is how I live. I am relying, I'm trusting on God every day. We live by this faith. Now, where do we live by this faith? Let's just answer that question. We know who is to live by that faith, but where do we live by faith? Well, we live here and now. We're not talking about when we get to heaven. We're talking about right now. Because right now, we'll see him as he is. We'll be like him. And so right now is where we're, our faith is being tested. Our, we're walking this walk of faith. Right now, we're living this earth, on this, you know, living this life, walking this faith life now. Not, you know, in, in heaven. I mean, we'll see the Lord then. And we'll see him as he is. And we'll see him face to face. But right now, we're living by faith. We are getting, purposing to get healed by faith. You know, most people don't think that way. They think, yeah, I'm saved from hell by faith. But that's it. No, everything is by faith. I'm purposing to get healed by faith. 
You know, if I'm, if I'm sick, some sickness attacks me, well, I think let me, I need to believe the Word of God. I need to apply the Scriptures now. I need to start going to work and saying what the Bible says about the, me being the healed of the Lord, that by his stripes I'm healed, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in my mortal body and can quicken my mortal body. Did you know that? That, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power, some translation says, that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And you can experience some quickenings. You can experience a jolt of the power of God where you were sick and then all of a sudden, boom, thank you, Lord. I'm feeling better. I'm recovering quicker. Well, we're supposed to believe every hour. When the finances look bleak, you know, you're low on finances. We're not supposed to think like the rest of the world. We're supposed to start going to believe in God, Lord. You said you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. See, faith in every situation. You got some fears that you're dealing with. You got some unanswered questions that you're dealing with. I was just thinking about this today. We are setting up the cameras and, you know, doing new things that we haven't used before. We couldn't figure it out. And I walked away to go back there and the Lord kind of said, well, you need to get in faith about that. That's right. I need to get in faith. I need to believe God. See, we're all walking this out together. We're all identifying areas that, okay, wait a minute. I'm just, I didn't even acknowledge, Holy Spirit, show us what to do here. Show us. See, that's the faith response. Faith response says, I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, and he knows everything about everything, so let me check with him and see what he's saying about it and ask him. That's the faith response. Do you see that? Everything we do by faith, we overcome by faith, we, we love by faith. Everything we honor by faith, we obey by faith. Everything we do, the just shall live by faith. We resist the devil by faith. By faith. Now think about all those things that we're talking about. If you are not overcoming by faith, if you're not purposing to get, you know, the victory by faith, then what's happening? You're just allowing the attacks of the enemy. We're just allowing the attacks of the enemy and we're being defeated when we don't have to be defeated because the victory is already ours. The victory is already ours, but the devil, he's trying hard to take our victory. He's trying hard to steal the victory, but it's by faith that we say, no, no, no. This is our victory. This is my victory. It's like the first generation of Israelites. It was their land, but by faith, they did not go in by faith and try to get their land. They just let, they just stood back and said, oh, wow, and cried about it and begged God. Well, no, it's by faith you possess. Amen. You know, this phrase, the just shall live by faith is mentioned other places in the Bible. That's not the only time um, that we, where we just read it. Hebrews 10:38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Uh, Galatians 3:11. It says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Do you see that? We're living by faith. Those justified live by faith. If it says this, the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith. Should we find out how we should live? 
Should we find this out? Should we make this a priority and prioritize this and say, man, this must be important. I'm supposed to live by faith? You know, it didn't just say you get saved one time by faith. You live by faith. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, Galatians talks about I was crucified. Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, the Son of God. So we live in this life by faith. By faith. Faith every day. And we're all, we're growing. We're all growing in faith. We're seeing what we need to change, what we need to do to live by faith. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse, uh, well, familiar verse. It might be new to some people, but verse 7, your Bible should have this highlighted if it's not circled or something. But it says here, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, it's important to, to emphasize when we're talking about faith, we're not talking about a subject. You know, faith is not just a subject that we're talking about. It's not a subject like English or math like you learn in school. Faith is a lifestyle. Living by faith is a lifestyle. It's a different way of living. Amen? Amen. It's a different life that you live. You live by faith. And this life of faith is relative to every generation. You know, this is for every age group. For Generation Z, Millennials, X, Baby Boomers, whatever you want to be, uh, whatever you want to identify with, we identify as children of the Lord. But every generation needs to know how to live by faith. Because if the Bible says the just shall live by faith, then you need to know how to live by faith. This is not a movement or a fad like, hey, that was a great topic back in the 80s and 90s. But now we learn something else now. Well, no, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So if the Bible says this is the way we're to live, then that's the way we need to live. And that's what we need to find out about how to live by faith. Amen. Amen. This is a lifestyle that just live by faith. So what does that look like? What does that mean? What does that mean to live by faith? Well, we read this scripture for we walk by faith, not by sight. This is describing two completely different ways of living. There's the person that walks by what they see with the five physical senses, what they can experience, uh, what, what they see out here, and then there is living by what you see inside. We talked about this a little earlier in the spirit dimension. And most of the people in this world are living by sight. They're living by what they see with their five physical senses. And we have to be retrained to live differently, to live another way. We have to renew our minds. We have, when you get born again, you don't automatically think, now I'm different. I have to, you know, walk by uh, faith walk in the spirit. No, you don't think that way. You're still naturally thinking. You're still in the flesh. So you have to be retrained and renew your mind to think, okay, I don't just walk by what everybody else does. I don't respond and react just like the unsaved world. I am born again now. 
I'm justified now, so I'm to live by faith. So what does that look like? You get a bad report. You don't just fall apart like the rest of the world. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 112, it talks about, I will not be afraid of bad news. Why? Because my heart is fixed. I'm trusting in the Lord. That means bad news comes, but you have a different response. I'm, gonna get, I'm getting ahead of myself. But bad news comes and you respond differently. See, the world hears bad news and they go run and hide in caves. Don't come out their house for months at a time, you know, maybe years at a time. But the, the, the saved world, those that live by faith, you don't respond that way. You, you respond totally different than the rest of the world. The rest of the world, you know, people are losing their pension, losing their jobs. And, uh, you know, they're in fear like, oh, my, what's going to happen to the economy? And people of faith says, well, I know what's going to happen to me. My God is going to supply all my needs. It's a different way of living. We respond completely different. Do you see that? You know, because this world is trying to conform us to just natural thinking so that we only see what they see. And that's what they're showing us all the time. This is, you have, look at this. You, you know, you go to the doctor. Let's say you go to the doctor and they say, you know, look at here. There's something in your body and this is cancerous. This is terminal. Well, they're showing you what they see in the natural. But there is another dimension and it's the spiritual. And so we can choose to walk by what we see in the natural or we can choose to walk by faith, which is what you don't see in the natural. It's a completely different way of looking at things. It's a completely different lifestyles. On a daily basis, situations arise, like I was saying today. And I have to choose to think, wait a minute, I'm only looking to my natural thinking, what I can figure out. Let me check with the Holy Spirit and maybe he'll illuminate and he will not maybe he will illuminate my understanding or he'll let me know no it's not going to work because you don't got this that you'll know but it's a different way of living not just living like the rest of the world you know my my dad was here and he was talking about when he was uh, healed when he was sick and I remember that time and uh, he's he's fought a number of different things in his body and he didn't share them all, but he's fought some things that, you know, we talked to him about. We were believing with him and, and, and so forth. And uh, there was a couple of times that I was kind of, you know, naturally kind of concerned. Like, man, is he, you know, you're, you're, you're believing God, but you're not, you're still natural. Thoughts still come to you, you know. And so, um, but he was honest about, he had to be honest with himself and, and say, I don't know. I don't believe that I am healed. He believed healing was for today. He mentally believed it. You know, you hear, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He believed those things, but he had to be honest and say, I don't believe that I am healed right now. Because what's going on? He sees his body. He sees, he feels the lack of strength, right? He sees that I can't do what I used to be able to do. He, he sees all these things in the natural. And so, the natural screaming at him, but he couldn't see in the spiritual. He couldn't see by faith, I'm healed. See, he didn't have that vision, I'm healed. He believed that Jesus paid for our healing, but he did not by faith see, I'm healed. I'm healed. 
So, you know, he, he talked about what he had to do, uh, you know, to get in the word of God. And he fed on healing, morning, afternoon, nighttime, fed on healing scriptures, fed on healing messages, fed on healing, read healing, healing scriptures, listen to healing music, healing, 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 until he saw I'm healed. Until he saw in by faith, this is more real than what I'm seeing, than what I'm feeling, than my lack of energy, than my lack of appetite. This is more real. What Jesus did is more real. What the Bible says I can have is more real than that. Do you see that? Yeah. It's, it's seeing something completely different. You're, you're, you're looking at the supernatural by faith, refusing to look at what you see in the natural. You're not denying that the natural's there. That's going on. But you're, you're choosing, no, I believe this over this. This is happening, but I see this. See, it's a completely different way. And we all have to be honest with ourselves, too, where we are with our faith. And we have to identify those areas. Now, I'm walking by sight in this area. And so what I'm going to have to do is, where does faith, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to have to feed on the word of God until I am convinced that I am the healed of the Lord. Now, even though you may be convinced that you're the healed of the Lord, that doesn't mean that thoughts won't come. That doesn't mean that the enemy's not going to still attack you and say, no, you're not. But you just know, no, I know I'm healed. I know. I, it could, I, I know we've had these situations where we were believing God financially for some things. And there were some areas where we stepped out by faith, didn't really have money and so forth. And we knew that's what the Lord was directing us to do. But naturally, it looks stupid, you know, and the enemy's telling you that you're you're nuts. You're crazy. And I had to ask myself, man, am I crazy? But, you know, am I what's going on here? But I knew that I knew. No, this is true. God's word is true. His word is true. And his word is more real than what I see in the natural. It's more real. His word is more true. And so that is what we're talking about here, that. Faith is, is a different way of living. You're not walking by what you see. You got some fears. You got some worries, some anxieties. You know, maybe you're feeling alone and, and like no one is with you. Well, that's natural looking at the natural. Faith will say, no, the Bible says he will never leave me nor forsake me. And he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. The Lord is comforting me. Amen. See, the natural will just look at, man, I don't have nobody next to me right now, and it's sad. It's, it's I'm not saying that there's not a challenge on the flesh, but I'm saying by faith, you can choose to look at something else. Something else. You can choose to look at what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. And, you know, I brought that up about, about my father. You know, the Bible says we need to follow those uh, whose faith have received the promises. In Hebrews, it talks about, be, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. When you hear a good testimony, you don't just want to be like, glory to God, that was good for you, brother. No, you want to look at that faith. You want to see what did they do. You want to find out what did you do? What did you do different? Because you didn't have faith and then you have faith and now you're healed and you're here today walking among us perfectly healthy. What did you do? You, you, you want to follow their faith. You see that? 
He said, follow faith, follow. The Bible talks about walking in the steps of Abraham, the father of faith. We want to look at their faith and see what did you do? How did you get that faith? You hear a good testimony? You know, my, um, my sister and brother-in-law, they were here. You guys remember they were here for Christmas. Just, was it this week? This past week, they, they had a testimony. They were believing God for another vehicle. One of their vehicles broke down. And I, they really didn't tell anybody. I, I mean, I don't think they told anybody. They weren't, they're not like that because they're believing God. When you're looking at God, you're not dropping hints on people. You're like, hey, you're not going up to people, you know, that have money and like, man, I need a car and I'm believing for one. You know, that's, that's not faith. That's manipulation. Well, people have done that. People have done that. They at the prayer, you know, time of prayer, prayer service. They go kneel next to the person that uh, they know has a lot of money and is well off. Oh, God, God, you know that I, my rent is due. My mortgage is due, Lord. That's, that's manipulation. That is not faith. <laughs> you don't be dropping hints and stuff like that. And for you, that will not help your faith. If you drop hints and t- now if they ask you, hey, is there, are you believing God for this or that? No, don't, be honest. Say, yeah, because maybe the Lord is dealing with them. But you don't go up to people and drop hints because you won't know for yourself that it was God then. So, and it will not help your faith. But they, uh, this week, they, somebody bought them a Ford 1F50 truck. So he does, he, he, they have a painting business and one of their vehicles broke down and they were just with one vehicle. And, you know, they got three kids, my nephews and niece, and they drive them, you know, have to drive them to school, then go do jobs and stuff like that. Well, somebody bought them. Um, it only had how many miles on it? 30,000 30, miles on it. Only 30,000 miles on it. I thought they had given it to them like it was their vehicle. And they said, here, have it. No, they, they bought it. They went and bought them a vehicle. Glory to God. See, God, does, does he do miracles? See, but, it's, but that doesn't happen just by begging and stuff. They're believing God. They're believing God. That, it was on there. They have a vision, you know, list, and we're believing God for a new vehicle. We're believing God for not telling people. We're just looking to the Lord, and the Lord buys them a brand new truck. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good? Well, we want to follow that faith. We want to find out when you see somebody get a faith miracle and they get something from the Lord that you know, man, I know they were believing God. You want to find out what did they do? You, I heard from the Lord. I, I was feeding on, you know, now we give God all the glory. God gets all the glory, but we know that it requires some faith. We know that faith was involved. Amen. Amen. But, you know, we don't just want to hear testimonies. Like, oh, what a nice testimony that was for your brother. no. You, you want to find out what they did. Amen. And, you know, we need from time to time to check up on ourselves and say, am I surviving or am I fighting? You know, because the enemy is attacking all the time. And we want to identify, am I just surviving the attacks of the enemy or am I fighting back? Am I just taking punches, receiving punches, or am I giving punches? Because, you know, it's real easy to just take punches to take the attacks of the enemy and not fight back. And we don't want to get comfortable about that. We, we knew that was happening, so it's all good. So in case you guys are wondering, well, what's going on? But we don't just want to take punches. We want to give punches. Right. Identify, like, am I just a, a surviving 
this, whatever I'm dealing with? Am I surviving this fear? You know, you don't want to just coast throughout your life and be dealing with the same fear, dealing with the same worries, dealing with the same issues in your finances, in your marriage, in your body. You want to see, okay, I'm going to fight back. I'm not going to just put up with this. I am going to fight back. You know what I mean, right? We're overcomers. Let's not be content with surviving. Let's not just be content. It's like a boxer, you know, that's just content and making it through round 12, but they're really not fighting back. They're just running away from everything. You know, that's a boring fight, right? It's like, man, this dude, he's just trying to survive the fight. I don't want to see this no more. No, we want to be fighting back. We want to be throwing the punches. We don't be running in the ring. <laughs> away from the guy, away from me. I survived the fight. Jesus, come get me. No, we want to fight back. Amen? Amen. I saw a video like that one time where a guy was running in the octagon, UFC fight. He was running from the, I don't know what, I didn't see the whole fight, so I don't really know what happened, but he was running from the guy. Like, run, you don't run from the guy. You're in a fight. You turn around and fight him, right? I mean, literally, he was running. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but let's fight back. Amen? Amen. But Jesus highlighted faith. Jesus highlighted faith all the time. He emphasized faith all the time. And if he highlighted faith, we probably need to highlight faith, right? Let me give you a couple examples. He told them that they could, what could happen when they have faith. He said, uh, you know, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have what? Faith. As a mustard seed. That's small faith. See, we don't need to have, we don't need, it's, we don't need to make faith difficult. Faith is just believing what God said. That's all it is. Believing what God said over what you see, over what somebody else said. Somebody says to you, you know, um, I'm going to take you out. Or as let's say you're working at a place and they say, I'm going to make life miserable for you and you're going to lose your job. I'm going to see to it that you don't have this job by the end of this week and it's going to ruin your life. You're not going to be able to provide for your family. You know what you need to do? <laughs> my God will supply all my needs. According, You don't need to be like, oh, my Lord, oh, and get in a panic and a fear. That means you believe what they said over what God says. Amen. Amen. No, see, faith doesn't respond that way. But Jesus said what could happen if they have faith. He said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Uh, he, he talked about when they didn't have faith. He said, oh, you of little faith. He said that a few times. He said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He marveled because of their unbelief. And then when he saw that they have faith, he said uh, to the woman with the issue of blood, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith. What did he say? Your faith has made you well. To the blind man, he said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received the sight. Uh, he, he said uh, about the centurion, he said, uh, I have not found such great faith, not even in all Israel. So Jesus, he could have highlighted another area if he wanted. He could have said, it was my power. It was my power that made you whole. It was the grace of God that made you whole. He could have said that. It involved that. It was the power of God. It was the love of God. But what was the conduit that allowed that power, that allowed that grace to flow to it? It was faith. Faith is the conduit. 
that allows the power of God to flow to it. Do you see that? Faith is the hands that take what grace has provided. If you're standing here, hold that bottle of water for me, Pastor Clarissa. Hold that bottle of water. And if I say, I'm thirsty, Pastor Clarissa, can you give me some water? And she brings it right here. Pastor Clarissa, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Can you give me some water? If I beg her for the water and she's holding it out, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I just keep saying, please, please give me some water, Pastor Clarissa. Please give me some water. Please. I'm thirsty here. Don't you see? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. What do I need to do? I need to go and take the water. That's what faith does. Faith receives what God has already provided. See, we don't have to work up a miracle. We're not miracle workers. We're not the ones who perform. God performs. He does the miracles. All he's asking us to do is just believe. Just believe. And see, the reason why it's so cha- it can be challenging, because believing is not difficult, but because we lived in this culture and this society and this religious environment for so long where people say, God's trying to teach you a lesson with that sickness. But Jesus never said that to anybody. The Bible talks about he went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Anyone that ever came to Jesus to be healed was healed. There's never one example in the Bible where somebody came to Jesus to be healed and he said, sorry, I can't heal you today. God is teaching. That never happened in the Bible. Never. I don't care what you saw in a TV show, in a movie, how popular it is. That never happened. It's not scriptural. You only believe the scriptures. Anything else is blasphemy. Anything else is adding to it, and it's people trying to explain things to people to be kind and saying, well, maybe God's doing something. No, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Amen? Amen. No, we access the grace of God by faith. Romans 5, 2 talks about through him also we have access by faith into this grace. The grace of God, the power of God is available. It's right here. It's right here for us to take, but by faith, we just go on and we take it. It's the conduit. We, we turn on the faucet and fill our cup full of grace, but it takes faith. It requires faith. That's how you got saved, right? You didn't get saved. The grace of God is available, but by faith, you have to say, I take this. I receive this salvation for me. You're not checking like, am I saved? No, you believe it. Who, who in here is questioning if you're, well, that, sometimes that happens, the enemy might have questioned. But for the most part, you just believe I'm saved and I'm going to heaven because I'm saved. You didn't see heaven yet, right? But you know by faith, I'm saved. I believe it. But when we get convinced like that about every area of our life, man, look out. Look out. Amen. But faith is what pleases God. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this is it's impossible to please God without faith. If it's impossible to please God, then we we better get to living by faith. Now, now don't don't get me wrong. God is not angry with you because you're that have some doubts that you're dealing with. No. There's a difference between you have doubts 
that you're, you're, that you're believing and that you're endeavoring to overcome those doubts. And there's a difference between you refusing to believe. There's a completely, see, when you refuse to believe, that's when the Lord gets upset. That's when it annoys the Lord. And if you saw that first generation of Israelites, they refused to believe. There was two different types of unbelief. There's an unbelief that, that the, it's like the man that said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So he believes that God can heal, that he wants to heal, that he's going to heal, but he's dealing with thoughts of doubt. But then there's a difference when you just refuse to believe. You just say, no, I don't believe this. Well, no, that's not good. When the Lord says he's going to do something and you say, I refuse, I don't believe that. I don't believe you're going to provide my needs. I don't believe you're going to heal. I don't believe you're going to, you know, uh, if I cast all my cares upon you, that you'll take care of me. I don't believe that. When you refuse to that, well, that's not good. That will annoy the Lord. And that won't, that won't make him happy. But faith is what pleases him. Faith, when he sees you stepping out by faith, believing him, he's like, all right, okay, I like that. And that causes God to, uh, that, that, that activates the power of God, I should say, in our lives. And, uh, you know, the reason why I'm talking about this is because most of the church does not talk about faith to receive your healing, faith to receive your finances paid, faith to overcome your fears, faith to overcome worries, faith to overcome depression, loneliness. Most of the church world doesn't talk about that. No, they just say, hey, it's God teaching you something and you're going through a process and you're going through. They don't teach. No, the faith is the way. Faith. They don't teach that. But we're teaching it. Amen. Amen. We're teaching it. We're not just going to sit passively by as Jesus, I mean, think about this. If Jesus is on the whipping post right now, what does the Bible say happened when Jesus was on the whipping post? What does it say in, in 1 Peter 2.24? That by his stripes, what? We are healed. If we were to look at Jesus, if we were to go back in time, knowing what we know in 1 Peter 2.24, and Jesus has taken stripes upon his back, and those stripes he's taken so that we could be healed, if we looked at him and said, Lord, do you want me healed, Lord? And he's saying, uh, I'm taking sickness and I'm taking disease for you. That's why I'm here. Be the same thing if we was on the cross and we say, Lord, you sure you want me forgiven? And he's being nailed to the cross. Be no different. Be no different, amen? amen. Because why is he there? Why is he doing that? Because he wants us healed. He did it so that we could be healed. It says by his stripes, we were healed. It's already been provided. It's already been paid for. So what's already been bought and paid for is ours today. We must receive it by faith. If we saw the crown of thorns on his head that he did for the chastisement of our peace, it says those thorns were placed on his head. So he, he paid the punishment that would bring us peace. It resulted in us having peace. And we look at the Lord with the crown of thorns on his head and say, Lord, you sure you want me to have peace? Lord, I know that your word says that you took those crowns of thorns went on your head so that we could have peace. But are you sure you want me to have peace? Well, why is he there? Why is he doing it? Amen? Amen. We, we, need to, we need to know this. We need to know what the Bible says, not religion, not people that don't understand faith. Amen? Or that try to explain it away. We, now, listen, we all have to grow in our faith. We all need faith in certain areas. 
You may, have a, you, you may be walking in faith in one area. I may be walking in sight in one area. Well, we can all get to a place where we're learning and we're growing and we're going from faith to faith and we're seeing, okay, all right, I'm developing more. I'm walking by faith more. I'm not just responding like to the rest of the world is in this area. Well, let's look at one area where that is applicable because our faith is a necessary factor in us receiving. So we want to know. We want to grow in this area. See how this works. Go to Psalms 56. You guys with me? Psalm 56. Verse 3. This is how faith responds. Whenever I am afraid. Ooh, man, I'll shiver. My knees will quake and I'll run and hide. Is that what it says? No, I'll scream and run. (laughs) Whenever I am afraid, that means you have feelings of fear. Symptoms of fear are are there, but you don't respond like the unsaved people would respond. Unsaved people are going to run. They're going to hide. They're going to do all those things. But he says, I will trust in you. Do you see that? That's a different response. That's a different reaction. It says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? I will not fear. Do you see? That's a choice. That's a decision. I'm choosing by faith not to fear. I'm choosing to trust the Lord. Do you see? That's not. Well, why would you have a reason to fear? Because something is going on out here. There's something in the, the natural world, the five physical senses, that's saying, you should be afraid. Some tragedies happening. Bad things are happening. Famine is happening. Your 401k is being depleted. You should be afraid. You should be afraid. But faith says, I will not fear. I know who my source is. I know who my provider is. I know who my good shepherd is shepherd and he's leading me beside green pastures he's not leading me to a a a place of barrenness where i'm gonna just shrivel up and and die of starvation no the difference is faith though do you see that faith i will not fear we're doing something totally different because fear fear is all around us and you can choose to respond in fear or you can choose to respond in faith because you know the enemy he is going to bring fear. You're, let's say you're believing God for a miracle and finances, healing, or, or, or another area. You know, your, your a loved one, a child to come back home. Whatever the case may be, the enemy is going to bring somebody to you. or tur- You're going to turn on the TV or something, and you're going to hear a negative report. You're going to hear, man, I was believing God. I, they prayed for me at the church, and I got worse. And I know we pray for so-and-so, and they died. Well, that's, you don't need to hear that. That's not going to put faith in you. I don't know. Some people are foolish sometimes. I think they think they're helping you. That's not helping me by telling me a negative report. By man, I knew a guy that stepped out in faith to obey the call of God in his life, and he fell flat on the face, lost his house and everything. Well, thanks, man. That's encouraging. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know what people are thinking sometimes, but... Faith, the enemy will do that. 
He will bring thoughts of fear, fear constantly on the TV, on the news, fear, fear, fear. And fear, your fears can come on you because fear is an expectation like faith is an expectation. And what you fear can come on you because just like faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, when you hear and hear and hear fear, That's what you have faith for. You are expecting something bad to happen now. Do you see that? You're expecting, you know, even if something good happened, you're still like, yeah, but any moment now, this is probably going to be taken from me. Somebody (laughs) give you something good, but yeah, I bet something any day now is bad going to happen to me. What is that? That's an expectation. That's faith in the wrong area. That's faith for something bad to happen. That's fear. And we don't want to be in fear. Amen? Fear. Turn to Mark chapter 5. I'm, I'm endeavoring to close here. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 21. I know I'm going a little bit, I think I'm going a little bit longer, but Mark chapter 5. And we need to finish this. You guys getting something out of it though? Yes. Mark 5. It says here, I don't want to rush this because this is important. It says in verse 21, I'm reading from the New King James. That's the King James, but it's similar. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came to him, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So now this is all going on after this ruler, Jairus, says, my daughter is sick. Come lay your hands on her. So now he has to wait. You know, he has to wait for all this that's going on because Jesus says, to her, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? I don't know what Jairus was thinking right now. If he was like, hey, come on, man, let's, let's, go, let's just go. You know, my daughter's about to die, you know. But he said, Jesus said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. I don't know how long of a story that was. She told him the whole truth, though. So, I mean, she could have told him a 10-minute story, and Jairus is right there waiting, waiting for Jesus to come to his house. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Do you see that? 
Do not be afraid. Why? Why does he say that? Do not be afraid. Because this will hinder his faith. He cannot have any fear. That's why Jesus said, don't be afraid. You can only do this. You can only believe. You can only have faith here. Don't fear. Only believe. And I believe Jairus had to believe that it was God's will. Jesus wanted his daughter to raise up. Or else, why is he going to him? Why is he saying, you know, hey, come lay your hands on her and she'll be, she'll raise up. So he believed that God was good, that the Lord was good, and he wanted to heal her. And so now he has to not fear anything else. He, he cannot fear that it's over. He cannot fear that it's too far gone. He cannot fear. He can only believe. Do you see that? We can only believe. And he permitted no one to, uh, except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, see, he had to put those, all, all those unbelieving, faithless people out. He's like, get out of here. Get, get these faithless people out of here. They're annoying me laughing. He, said, took, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. Do you see that, though? It was faith. He said, only believe. We cannot fear. This is two different ways of responding. Jairus could have responded in fear or he could have responded in faith. Do you see that? Psalms 37, verse 1, it says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. This is a completely different way of, of living. And I'm believing that in this church that you guys are going to come up to another level, that we're all going to come up to another level of walking by faith. That this, is, this becomes where our response is just faith. Faith. And when we're not responding in faith, we, we realize it later like, yeah, that, that wasn't faith. I didn't respond in faith. You know, responding in love, you have to respond in faith. Because sometimes you think, man, they're never going to change. They're going to keep doing that. I've told them a thousand times. Well, faith would say, you know what? They're going to get it. The Lord is going to help them to see it. I I'm obviously couldn't help them. So the Lord is going to, that's faith. Faith, morning, noon, and night. Do you see that? Say, the just shall live by faith. And the Lord is worthy of our faith. He's worth our trust. He's never given us a reason for us not to trust him. And I could go on and on. I have a bunch of notes, but that, uh, I have more pages of notes to be honest with you, but that is good enough for today. Won't you guys go ahead and stand up with me? We hope this message has encouraged you today. 
For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.